Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. Our youth group, G1, is now meeting Wednesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship service has moved to 10.30 a.m., both in person and online. We are asking that you would please RSVP for your children only by visiting our website, newhope365.church, and clicking the red button. And now, here is today's message. Okay, if you have your Bibles, um, I'm, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4, and if uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 17 and following, and I am going to really do my best to finish this topic of what is new, and what is new. Now, I'm curious uh, if, as I was talking about last week, how God orchestrates our steps, how God has woven things in our life that we're going, I couldn't have manufactured that, I couldn't have made that happen. God, you're in charge. You're at work. You're moving and maneuvering things the way, God, you do. And, and I talked about how in that we should, as we pursue this newness and, and we long to understand what does that look like from our Heavenly Father, that we would begin to practice some mindfulness, some contemplative, some times of actually listening versus talking, listening, and saying, God, what is it? that you're saying? What is it that you're speaking? And I'm curious, was there anybody in the room that you go, you know what, I do sometimes get, I I sense that the Lord says something to me, but maybe even took it a little bit further than just saying, but maybe he said something and maybe he even expounded a little bit on that. Anybody in the room say, that was me this last week? Anybody? Okay. Anybody else? That's awesome. What? Yay. This is good. So my point in saying that, don't stop. And, and what I'm also praying is that as the Lord plants things in your life, that he will give you discernment as to go, okay, what is that for? And God, where is it that you want me to, it could be personal. It could be something that's like just intimate. You know how you have a conversation with your spouse and you're like, that's just for us. Maybe that's that God moment. But it could be that God gives you something for, for your children or for the community or for your work environment or the body of Christ. It could very well be that. I'm praying that over us collectively that it won't stop. That it won't stop. So as I've been doing that, and as we look at Ephesians chapter 4 today, and as we're looking at identity and this topic of God in our identity has given us identity of newness, that you are new. Say, I am new. Okay. You are truly new before God whether you feel like it or not. Uh, some of the things that the Lord has been um, speaking into my life is, is, is I've been listening and all of a sudden he's been, he's been speaking things that are like extracting from, you know how you have things that you learn throughout your childhood and, and maybe into your teen years, whatever, they could be good things, they could be bad things, you know when they come to the forefront of your mind. But one of those things that the Lord did and I asked Angel the other day, I said, have you heard this song? And she's like, well, what song is it? And I said, well, as a kid, we sang this song. And uh, truthfully, I have no idea where it just came out of the blue. And here's how the song goes. And, and uh, it, it was like, what was the song, babe? <laughs> yeah, yes. So uh, the, the flag, love is the flag flown high. No way. <laughs> love is the flag flown high in the castle of my heart. In the castle of my heart, 
in the castle of my heart. Love is the flag flown high in the castle of my heart because the king is the resident, is, is in residence there. So, and, and it goes on. Does anybody know the rest? What? Yeah, joy. So you can use joy and, and then you can use peace and you can use, you can use, fill all of those things in there. And, um, and how does the second part of that verse go? Man, I'm telling you guys, as I was, as I was, as all of a sudden, I, I forget what I was doing. I thought I was washing dishes or I can't remember exactly what I was doing. And all of a sudden, love is the flag flown high in the castle of my heart because the king is in residence there. And what the Lord spoke into my soul that day was what you fill your mind with that is good. If you will pursue me, I will bring forth those things into your life that will refresh and renew your soul. I will bring in fresh and renew your soul. So, so and think about that. I went back to the date where that song originally emerged in the church world, for those of churchy people, and if you're not, you go, he's weird, man, okay? Is, is I was eight years old. I haven't sang that song since I was eight years old. Now, where does that emerge from? Okay, anybody else? Anybody else have something, some song or something that you go, that was like I was five. Anybody in this room? I'm just curious that you could go, that one came to the forefront of my mind. I hadn't, has anybody had that, that moment? Share with me. Yeah, Ken. It's not so much a specific song, but in the last week, as I've drawn to the Lord, He's beginning to put little songs back into my heart, you know, because it goes back to sing with the Spirit and understanding, right? Mm. And there's, there's, there's that point because it allows us to more easily rest in His presence when we occupy our mind with worship and with, with the things that we put to that's good. I, when you say that, when you all of a sudden it strikes a, a, a song, a chord in me that's, you know, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your voice to God. Sing in the spirit and with understanding, oh, magnify the Lord. This is, this is stuff. And why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because you have to understand that at some point, at some point, those of us in this room, if you've given your life to Jesus, were on fire and passionate for the king. You, you woke up singing praise. You woke up going, who am I going to talk to today? Who am I gonna, who am I gonna share faith with today? Who is it that I can testify of God's goodness because you had a moment in an encounter with the king? And what he's wanting to do in his church is he's wanting to awaken this. He's wanting to awaken the fact of what, uh, Greg, you're saying, of going, I had an encounter with God and I had such an encounter that I didn't wanna leave. I didn't wanna leave. And so that's the presence of God in our lives that is something that no thing, no relationship, no, no job can ever compare. And what God is wanting to do is bring back the church to a place of first love, of newness, of, of, of passion and heart for him and his kingdom. That's what he's wanting to do.
And so I'm just, here's a challenge this next week. Tap into the stuff that was, is mind renewing, which by the way, love is the flag flown high in the castle of your heart. That, that's mind renewing things. Because that sure isn't coming from the enemy of your soul. You know, he's not going, gosh, wave the banner of love, you know. You know, do, do that, right? No, he's not. It's the enemy doesn't want you to sing those songs and praise the king. So I'm curious what, what you would consider old that the Lord is wanting to bring and refresh new to the forefront of your relationship with him. So then, I, uh, as I've been listening and dialed in, remember how I talk about how our minds are difficult to turn off a little bit. You know, it's like you got this, so you got this mind going and it's this monkey mind and, and it won't shut off and therefore we're kind of missing life because we're not living present and in the moment. And we're not hearing and we're not seeing. Everything's kind of passing us by and our minds don't shut off. And I've been practicing moments where mentally I'm going, okay, there's this off switch and sometimes it works off. Sometimes it's on, and all this motion is, motion is going on. And so this last week as I was practicing the off, and I was just going, God, I'm turning it off, and I'm just going to listen. And it's incredible when it finally does go off, because the Spirit of God is speaking. And uh, so I was practicing that. I then went to a grocery store. And as I went to the grocery store, I saw a lady. And in my heart, I go, I go, she looks terribly unhealthy. I think she should eat healthier. You know? And, 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 and there's not, I won't go into the details of why I thought that. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he says, so what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, well, I don't know her and I can't do anything about it, can I? And he goes, no, you can stop judging culture. And you can start loving culture and loving people. And I'm like, I'm going to turn the on switch on real quick and so that my mind can start spinning again so I'm not hearing that, Lord. What is my, what is my point? My point is, is that we can, in culture, we can look around and we can critique and judge and say when the reality is, is the Lord is more interested in the transformation of your heart for the hearing and the relationship between you and him so that you can fulfill his plans and purposes in this world. And what I have found is that my mind is going and oftentimes I call it God. God speaking, God saying, God doing. And it's nothing other than my dumb old opinion and I don't want that anymore I'm wanting to hear from God and I'm wanting to hear through the scripture which is the majority of what I hear and what I learn is scripture but I'm letting you know that if we will practice this newness that Paul is speaking of in Ephesians chapter 17 it will be transformative keep pressing in take moments for relationship now Imagine if you found somebody that you just think is just, okay, you're, you, you find this person, you think they're the sweetest, cutest thing in the world, you're in the dating relationship, and, and I say, and you go, I really want to get to know them, they're so sweet, they're so cute, they're so nice, oh, I want to date them, and I go, 
you can have five minutes a day. You'd be like, how does that work? I'm like, well, five minutes a day. I mean, isn't that, wouldn't that work? And the Lord goes, that's how you and the church has been treating me. And I'm like, whew, okay. That being said is, I'm not giving you any time frame of what you should do and how you should spend your time with God because that would be man-made. But I am telling you that you probably need to court your heavenly father through Christ by the power of the spirit. Do it in a way that literally begins to open up your relationship fresh with him so that you can begin to know him. Five minutes in the car with the girlfriend that's like, hey, good to see you. Have a high five. Hey, good day. Doesn't work in relationships here and it won't work for relationships and the relationship with our heavenly father. Okay. So I tell you this, Paul says, And I insist on it, verse 17 of Ephesians chapter 4, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. I think you guys have heard these verses, but that's good because they will stick in your mind. They will renew your mind. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of Greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off what? Your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so what I have said is that there are, there are these things that God is doing internally in us, uh, and I called the first justification, we were saved by grace through faith, Jesus Christ became, became sin so that we could become right, correct? Okay, now we talk today about the regeneration that takes place in this newness, so the newness comes not out of anything you've done, but out of what Jesus has done, first. Then there's this regeneration in which is the internal application of the external justification. Regeneration is the Holy Spirit's application of Jesus' work in us. It's the Holy Spirit's application of Jesus' work in us. In us. Now, we are not, some of you are going, I'm so frustrated because, I mean, I can't practice five minutes because I struggle with discipline. I can't, I, I don't seem to hear because I seem to speak more. I, I don't seem to be able to take care of myself physically because I've got a addiction problem or whatever it is and you're going i can't to which the holy spirit goes you're right at the best you can bring to god is your amazing discipline the best (laughs) our heavenly father says is this your righteousness and your works are as filthy rags And so if you're going to experience this regeneration and you're going to go, now I'm spending time and now I'm being renewed and now life is beginning to change. It's not because we're so good. It's because of the regeneration that God is doing us, doing in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're wondering why, why do I always go off and do these things and the things? 
It's because our flesh is driving us and not the spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to do what? Regenerate us and help to apply Jesus' work in us. Okay, so here we go. I talked about the new birth, the new Lord, and today we'll hit number three. Number three, if we can put that up on the screen, is the new heart. So we know that he does what? He gives us this new birth through Christ Jesus. He is a new Lord. We now don't worship uh, the, the enemy and do the things that we once uh, we're doing, we don't have to sub- succumb to the temptation and, of, of the enemy. And then third, there's this new heart that has come into your life in Christ Jesus, this newness. In scripture, the heart is the symbolic seat in the center of your and my identity. It's who you are. It's, you, it's the very essence of you. And it's expressed outwardly in our words and our deeds. And you know, everything you do in words or deeds, do it all to what? The glory of God. Okay? So the center of our identity is expressed outwardly in our words and deeds. And the word heart occurs more than 900 times throughout the scriptures. And Jesus said that words like lust, how we spend our money in evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly, good, evil, sin, grief, anxiety, drunkenness, maybe a few things, come out of our hearts. And regeneration is the deep work of the Holy Spirit in us to remove those things. To remove those things. And when you become born again, Who's given their life to Jesus in this room? Okay, right? Online. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? That you have been born again and Jesus becomes your new Lord and the deepest desires of your heart change. Has the deepest desire of your heart changed? And some of you go, at one point... At some point, I was excited. You're not condemned today, and your identity in Christ didn't change. It's just this. You have been distracted. And the Lord is wanting to bring you back to the very focus in the heart of who he is. And your love for him and his love for you. You're not condemned today. He's just wanting to draw you back to him and understand this new heart. Ezekiel 36 says this. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new heart, new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And he's not doing it to go, I'm this God that's just like, you got to do, you got to do, you got to do. He does those regulations to protect you out of love. So new heart, this regeneration, then a new creation. Regenerated people, number four, uh, this new creation, regenerated people are changed so deeply that the scripture says that you are a new creation. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 says this, that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person, a new creation. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. So that practically means that if there's to be any true holiness in us, in the change in our behavior, it is the Holy Spirit's work. Now, Galatians 6.15 says this, Paul writing, it doesn't matter whether you've been circumcised or not, both outward acts, 
outward acts. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation, the inward work of God by his spirit through Jesus Christ in our life. That's you. That's you. You are new whether you feel it or not. You are new. You're a new creation. And what we do is we forget the benefit of regeneration. And what we do is we try to do what? Change our outward behavior. Forgetting that change begins deep inside us and works its way out. So what's going on beneath the surface? What is going on beneath the surface of your soul today? New mind. Regeneration also brings a new mind. A new person. New persons in Christ. God gives us new minds to think as he thinks. See as he sees. Love as he loves. And that doesn't mean that we're smarter than non-Christians or, or that non-Christians are unable to come to great insights and all of that and, and you know, engineering and, and uh, medicine and all that. However, it does mean that, the, that without a new mind in Christ, the things of God are naturally seen and embraced. In fact, in fact, if I hadn't given my life to Jesus, the reality is, is if I was in here and I was listening to you all, I'd be like, you guys have fallen off the turnip truck. But because my, the blinders of my eyes have been removed in faith and God has given me this new mind, I begin to discern what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. I get to, I get to see that, and so do you. So do you. You get this new mind. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2 says this, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of what? The mind of Christ. And if you are sitting here today and you go, I have not had the mind of Christ, that doesn't make you evil. It just means you have been distracted. Sixth, you have a new love. In regeneration, you get a new love. If you're born again, we love as Jesus loved. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for a church that when it sees people on political playing fields and in all these, in all these different, especially in one of the most liberal cities in North America that is very diverse and eclectic and a lot of different opinions and a lot of stuff, I'm looking for a church that loves even when I don't agree. That's the work of regeneration. Does that mean that we abdicate, you know, uh, to, to whoever wants to just go, well, you do whatever, and it's okay, and you can go sin and all that. No, no, no. no. But I, I have said this throughout this week to some individuals I've talked to, that you can be right, and you can have the truth, but if you don't love, why would I want to hear it? And so, 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. And of course, love doesn't just... I, you dis, I discipline my children out of love, right? You know, I, I, when they were growing up, I disciplined them as best as I knew how. Angel and I did that as best as we knew how. Out of love. And our Heavenly Father can do that, but I can't hold 
people to the standards of a relationship in which they don't have. And so what I'm trying to do is show the world my love and allow the Spirit of God to do His work. And that doesn't mean that I'm justifying anybody's wrong. God gives us this new love, new desires and regeneration. A new person has new desires and basically a new appetite for the things of God. In fact, I love what Galatians 5, 16, 17 says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Okay, sounds easy, doesn't it? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. And so you are not free to carry out your, what? Good intentions that come from your amazingness. No, they come from the Spirit of God in your life. The good intentions, the good things come from your Creator. A true born-again Christian that sins will become miserable until they repent and live in obedience to God. Does anybody know that? In this room. Man. I tell you that's what God does all the time. He's like oh you want to go that way? Go ahead. But because you are born again. You are going to be the most miserable person in the world. And it's true. In time. It's, uh, Romans says this. Romans 7.15. Paul says I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead I do what I hate. Hmm. I love what Psalm 37 says. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. And that's the transformative, regenerative power of God that your heart's desire become God's heart's desire. That your heart's desire is what God has brought into your life. Okay, here's a good one. Regeneration brings a new community in your life. As regenerated people, we are given, forgiven of our sins, and we're reconciled both to God as Christians and to fellow Christians as the church. And what happens is we desire and pursue community with other Christians in the church. So when people go, I really don't, I'm a Christian, I don't need the church. Bogus. A regenerated new birth in Christ Jesus craves and needs the body of Christ. Craves the body of Christ. Now you go, hmm, but, but boy, I don't necessarily agree with that because people bug me. That's a thing called sanctification in your life that the Holy Spirit is at work taking and breaking away the selfishness and the struggles that you have internally. It doesn't mean you're evil or bad or whatever. It just means that he's taking and breaking those things away till eventually you love people regardless of what they look like, how they talk, how they think. And the test of your love is to be in community with people that you're like, you annoy the fire out of me. I want to talk about test of community. You don't understand every week, man. They just don't shut up. Okay, you guys get where I'm at. Okay, living in community with fellow Christians as a church, we learn more about God and how to live a life that glorifies him and help others to do the same. And if we can't get it, church, who's going to get it? If we can't get this right in regeneration, new power, 
Number nine, God gives us new supernatural power to live new lives. This new power is this indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And how I would illustrate this is to... To be filled with the Holy Spirit is like being a sail filled with wind that drives the ship towards its destination. And in the same way as a ship opens its sails, that it may be powerfully driven to a destination. As spirit-filled Christians, we open our minds and hearts to the will and things of God. And the Spirit of God fills that and drives us in the powerful direction that God has for you and for me. That's the power of God in our lives. And that's why you're going, I can't understand why he's taking me this direction. Just go with it. He's at work. Number 10, new freedom. I'm going to hit these real quick and then we're done. New freedom. This is regeneration. Any Accompanying your new power is this new freedom. And what is this? You don't have to live in secrecy anymore. You can live vulnerable, authentic. That doesn't mean that you air all your dirty laundry to everybody and walk around like, hey, I did this and I did this and I did this. No, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about what happens in this new freedom is that no longer are you living in secrecy before God and you are confessing your sins and he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's not that you're doing that prayer of forgiveness and repentance so that you can earn salvation. It's doing that so that you don't continue to be what? Not heard by your heavenly father because you're living in disobedience. You're still, your eternity is still secured. It's good. You're good. But what he's saying is, in this new freedom, you don't live with mold having to grow in some weird area of your home. It's actually cleaned out because you brought it out. And there's nothing like people that have nothing to hide. No secrets. They're free. They're free. Last one. New life. This is the whole deal. You are new. The new life, number 11, the culmination of regeneration is a new life that is vastly different from our old lives. In fact, that's what Paul said in Ephesians 4, saying the old life was what you, you were confused, you were hopelessly confused, and you were not listening, and you were living you know, with hearts hardened against God. That's your old life. It's, it, it speaks of this old life. You didn't hear. Your hearts were hardened. Your, your, you know, your passions were for other things other than God. That was your old life. And your new life in regeneration is that you learn to throw off the old sinful nature and you put on new thoughts. Love is the flag flowing high in the castle of your heart. Peace is the flag flowing high in the castle of your heart. And you put on a new nature created but to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It's new. It's new. Last one. Glorification. Okay. Now, a Christian, we're not, think about this just for one moment with me, is not simultaneously saved and lost, a child of God and an enemy of God, both forgiven and unforgiven by Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you are all together new in Christ. Get that. Get that. It's huge. While you are genuinely new in Christ, you're not yet completely new in Christ. And there's still this humanness, isn't there? There's this temptation and there's this sinful seed of rebellion from the first man, Adam, and this temptation and the snares of the devil, the things that he sets for us. And in this life, what we do is we continually grow to live out of our new identity And that's called, we continue to pursue that. That's called what I said just a few minutes ago, sanctification, where you're understanding it's a process. People in Christ go through this, in this identity, through this process called sanctification. And it's where we learn 
more about Jesus and we become more like him in in the power of the Holy Spirit and we believe what the Bible has to say and what God has given us and we act upon those things. But one day, so now you get it. You're going, you're in this journey and the Lord is guiding you. One day you will die and if we die in Christ, you are made completely new. You're made completely, completely new. Unchangeably and eternally new and that's what theologians call in this journey glorification glorification one day your faith will be sight do you get that one day you won't just be going i had had faith and i i I thought so and i believe so and i acted upon it in such a way i did this i lived this god for you but i didn't completely know and one day in glorification you will know and be known And that has to motivate us at some level. And I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. But the Holy Spirit can do that in you. Glorification. And one day your faith will be sight. And you'll see the risen and reigning Jesus face to face. And and on that day, everyone in Christ will be made completely perfect. As together, we rise like Jesus to be like him forever. Man, big stuff. Big stuff. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, today, I believe you're waking up your church. I believe you're wanting, uh, not, out of, not out of obligation, not out of duty, are you wanting us to just pursue you? You're wanting us to pursue you out of delight. Delight for what God, you have done what you have done through Jesus, what you have done by the power of your Holy Spirit, and what you're doing in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, whatever it will take to wake us up, to have us seek you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, whatever, God, it will take for new wine and new wineskins, bring it. For what does it profit us, God, if we gain the world? but we lose our soul because we were counterfeits or posers. But God, that's not your church. The church is new because of you. The church is new because of you, Jesus. The people in this room are new, and those online that are Christians are new, and those who will come to faith in you, Jesus, will be new because of our faith in you and what you have done on the cross and through your resurrection. May that fresh illumination so just shed spotlight at the center of our hearts that God literally we will never be the same again help us oh God if we're distracted today to refocus and we can't do it on our own we can't turn off the stuff and and we we can't find the time and we can't do all that Uh, we can at best discipline ourselves to do that but we don't want just the discipline we want your spirit to control us by the power of your spirit, control our lives, direct our lives, guide our lives, all for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to dive deeper, join Pastor Jason on Tuesday mornings at 1130 for the Truthcast on Instagram Live. 
And of course, you can access our sermons, devotional series, and podcasts, as well as music and lesson videos for children and families right from the New Hope 365 app, available in any app store.